0: Today, we are talking about prayer. We're talking about fuel for your life, for uh, prayer and fasting. And I want to talk to you. We're going to get into habits in a little bit. But I, I think one of the things that happens when, uh, when we talk about prayer is that people reduce it down to something that it's not. If I were going to talk to you about prayer, if I were going to talk to any, uh, any people in the world about prayer, all religions pray. Did you know all religions pray? All religions pray. And so, so if you just looked at the surface level and you said, well, what's the difference between Hinduism and Buddhism and Islam and Christianity? All religions pray. We're supposed to pray. You, could, you would have that thing in common. But let me tell you, it's a little bit different. Hindu, Hindus have 33 million gods. 33 million. Okay, so this week your goal is to learn the names of all your gods and come back next week <laughs> and recite them. But the, the Hindu idea of prayer is, is fear-based prayer. You, you, you pray in order to appease. You pray in order to appease all of these gods. And so the whole idea is if you don't treat one god right, it's going to smack you. Something's going to happen in your life. It's not going to happen the way it should because you didn't properly address that God in some kind of prayer or, uh, or, uh, or practice, whether it was a lighting of a candle or a burning of a sacrifice or whatever kind of, kind of a deal. In uh, Buddhism... Buddhism has to do with emptying yourself. When you pray and you meditate, the whole thing is to, to, you know, just get that whole blank sheet of paper going on on the inside of you. I talked to a Buddhist one time. He said, my highest goal, they're always kind of spooky too, my highest goal is to become a blade of grass. I meditate on a blade of grass so that I might become one with this blade of grass. Serious. That's the goal of prayer. The goal of prayer is to become one with the essence of the creation, right? And so his, so his focal point was a blade of grass. Can you imagine? The highest creation of God, a human being, saying that he wanted to reduce himself to nothing but a blade of grass. Of grass, do you see a little deception in there? So prayer, uh, Buddh- Buddhist pray. Then then you have uh, then you have uh, uh, Islam. Islam is very regimented in prayer, right? And so they they'll pray three times a day. Um, one of the most uh, one of the one of the prayer times that I've had that stood out the most to me a couple years ago I was in Kashmir very disputed territory you can feel uh, the the spiritual oppression over that thing but about four thirty every morning uh, you had the Muslim call to prayer and that thing cranked up loud those of you many of you are military and you've served in and uh, third world countries you know you know what that's about you know in the Middle East they'll crank that thing up and and uh, and so there were actually like three different mosques and it was like they were f- arguing in the air waves because they have these speakers that are so loud, and one of them start, and then five minutes later, another one start, and another one start. But it's all about the discipline. It's all about uh, marking that time and being disciplined in what you do, and so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check the box that I got up and prayed this morning at lunchtime in the evening. They're fast Ramadan, very similar to, to that kind of thing. It's the, it has to do with, at some level, the harsh treatment of the body. If you're a former Catholic, any former Catholics in here? Anybody that? Uh, so, so when you went maybe to confession... And the priest would uh, tell you after you confess what you've done. They would give you a a, a number of uh, our fathers or Hail Marys that you should pray. Uh, it had to do with penance. It had to do with things that you needed to do to settle a score with God. I'm 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 grossly generalizing here, okay? But it had it. The, the idea was penance. The idea was you're not where you need to be. So in order to get where you need to be, you need to do these prayers. And and. So uh, you know, different different streams of Catholicism around the world do have different practices. I remember a number of years ago uh, that we were in the basilica at uh, in Mexico City. Huge, uh, you know, the city is like built around this basilica, and uh, and people would crawl on their knees. They would procession in and they would crawl on their knees on cobblestone all the way into the building. The courtyard around the basilica is huge, maybe more than 100 yards long. And, uh, and they would crawl on their knees all the way into the basilica hoping that they could do penance so that God might hear them. Hoping that they could be, uh, that, that they could appease the anger of God and that they could get themselves to the place where God would hear their prayers. That's not how or why we pray. As believers in Jesus Christ. I talked with you last night about how that uh, whoever believes in him, to those he gives the right to become children of God. We have a right to come before God. God has put the spirit of sonship on the inside of us. By him we cry, Abba, Father. The, The reason that Christians pray is for intimacy. The reason we pray is not so that we can be better or do better. Because let me tell you, my righteousness, your righteousness doesn't cut it. Uh, we, we couldn't do what Jesus did. Jesus is the righteous one. Jesus took all of our sin upon himself. Jesus went to the cross so that we don't have to. Uh, Jesus did what he did so that he, he appeased the anger of God. He appeased the wrath of God. When you have people, well, you know, what about the wrath of God? The wrath of God already fell on Jesus Christ, the wrath of God fell on Jesus Christ and if you're a believer in him consider it's like a life insurance policy when you believe on Jesus Jesus died so that you don't have to and all of Jesus's assets just like on every life insurance policy there's a what do you do with what what do you do with the money what do you do with the assets well there's a beneficiary line The closest thing to the new covenant that you and I have is that Jesus died and and named us beneficiaries. Whoever believes on him. Well, how do you do the work of God? Uh, The scripture says the work of God is this, to believe in the one that God sent. To believe in the one God sent. And so you and I are the beneficiaries uh, uh, and the inheritors of everything that Jesus did. And, And so that's what he talked about in the new covenant. He said, this is the new covenant in my blood right? So do this in remembrance of me, so we believe on him. So the, the point of prayer for you and I is not, is not just to show God that we're disciplined. It's not penance. It's not to become one with a blade of grass, thank God. It's not, it's not to appease 33 million gods. It's to let the spirit of sonship create the person of Jesus on the inside of us it's intimacy with God it's not just going through the motions and and for many of us in our walk you know it 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 has become I'm just going to speak into this it's become going through the motions well I read my chapter this morning I read my devotional you know I hit my knees for five minutes you went through the motions but there was not intimacy you didn't pour out your heart and the father didn't pour his back intimacy is fuel for your soul it's fuel for your life we we kind of quasi understand it in marriage we kind of quasi understand this idea of of intimacy though it's it's uh it's uh sad but a lot of times when i talk to husbands and wives i talk to the husband how's your marriage relationship oh it's good i talk to the wife oh it's not good (laughs) like are we talking are you married to somebody different How is this that the two of you can be, you know, can share a bed but but share far different views on what you have together? You know, how is that? It's because one is looking at intimacy and the other is looking at we don't argue much. We stay surface and because we stay surface, we get along really good. But if we get below the surface, we might find something different. God created us as human beings for intimacy. He created us as human beings to, to uh, in, in, in the marital expression, to have a spouse so that we could express that, so that we could experience that, so that we could enjoy that and rejoice in that. And, but he created you and I to have intimacy with him. And uh, now intimacy does involve uh, it does involve behavior, it involves habits, it involves time and space. And so we're going to talk a little bit about habits a little bit later in the message. But before we do, can I just tell you, I, I started a habit a few years ago, and I'm getting really good at it now. And it's called Making the Bed. But I just got this revelation the other day. Okay, just the other day. I mean, we've been married more than 30 years, right? And it'll be 31 in May. And I just, I'm serious. I'm still learning things. Here's the revelation that I got. And, and it was, it, you know, sometimes you have to go through the habit and then you get the revelation from it later. That's what happened to me the other day. I was making the bed and Holly's all, she's always so kind of, thank you for making the bed and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, and so, I, you know, in the moment, as I'm making the bed, it occurs to me. I actually get to steal back the covers that she stole the night before. It like resets things back into my, so I can pull the covers over on my side a little bit, maybe extra six inches or something like that. And so she she doesn't even know. She, She doesn't know. She doesn't know. A, having a habit in your life where, where you come before the Lord and you pour out your heart. You talk to him. It, you know the, the intimacy that you have with God is the fuel that strengthens you. If you just go through the motions, you're not going to get the benefit of that prayer time. You're not going to get the benefit of that word. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it. I'm just saying you need to look for more. You need to realize there's more. Touch your neighbor say, there's more. You know, if the Bible just becomes a dead book to you, just a dry book that you're just kind of going through the motions, then then you need to realize God has more for you, and you need to look for the more, right? So uh, let's talk about some people that had these habits. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Now, I'm, I want to give you the before and the after context of this. The, the, the satraps of the day, the people who were kind of the competition to daniel, they, they couldn 't put up with his wisdom they couldn't out they couldn't out, uh, uh, speak him, he was just excellent in everything that he did. He had an excellent spirit, but they were jealous of him, and they, they knew that the king had a, you know, had, was showing favor to Daniel. and so what they did was they convinced the king to make a decree they, they catered to the king's pride. And they said, King, it's not right that people should pray to some other God in your kingdom because this is your kingdom. So why are people praying to any other God but you? And he said, ho, that sounds pretty good to me. Let's make that. He didn't know. He didn't realize that it was going to cause, you know, cause uh, uh, Daniel to lose his life. And so he, see, he issues this decree that is, uh, it's almost like in their world, you know, when the emperor spoke, that was God speaking, and so it could not be repealed. And so here's this statement that goes out, and once it's spoken, it's spoken, you can't do anything with it. So the decree comes, but what does Daniel do? Does he, does he wring his hands? Does he break out in a sweat? Does he get nervous because, oh no, now this decree's gone out? no. He does the same thing that he's done every day. He opens the window toward Jerusalem, gets down on his knees and prays. And so Daniel had a time and a space that you would find him every day. Time and space. Time and space where he met with his God who gave him wisdom, who gave him uh, the words to say, told him what he needed to do. and so every day he did this. Now Matthew chapter 6 uh, verse 5 through 8. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing on the synagogue, in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room. Close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Remember what I said last week, that the most used word in Jesus' prayer life was what? Father. Most used word. That, that intimate relationship with his father he just spoke to his father that word father means source it means progenitor it means the one in whom i have my identity the one that brought me forth you know and so so jesus is saying you know that go go to your father who is in secret he didn't say go to the god who is afar off he said, go to the Father who is in secret. He was saying that, that uh, the Pharisees would go uh, out to be seen of men and they would do their praying, all their praying was out in the public square, somewhere where people could look at them. And notice what Jesus says, they've received their reward in full. In other words, they're not going to get an answer. They're not going to get, they, they got their accolades instead of an answered prayer, they were, they were praying wrong because they were praying to be seen of men rather than to be seen by the Father. And so Jesus says the thing you've got to do is you go, you go into the secret place. You go into the closet. Now, how many of you have a regular place that you pray? How many of you, after a war room, you created a war room? You got yourself a little closet. You got yourself a little place that you put your scriptures up, names of God up in there. You got your green tea. You got your honey. You got your whatever you need. And, you know, whatever, whatever is conducive to your walk with the Lord. You got your praise music right there. You can just, man, I can just enter in, right? You, you need to have a place. You need to have a place and a time where you come to, to, to get before the Lord one of the things that happens in our world is, is uh, in, in our houses many times, is we don't really uh, dedicate spaces for the thing that they need to be dedicated for. You know, if uh, many times it's hard to, when you have kids, you know, you want to uh, have them work on their homework, but if the television's around, then they're tempted to watch the television, right? Um, it, so, uh, so whether it's the TV or the screens or whatever the case may be, what do you have to do? You have to clear the environment. You have to make the environment conducive to the activity, and so I want to challenge you. Maybe one of the things that needs to happen in your prayer life is that you just create space for it. Go in and dedicate some space. Go in, find that find that chair that you like, and put that chair in a place where you can you can just get before the Lord and pray. The more the more specified it is, the better off you need to ruin that space for any other use. Because if you're going to use it for anything else, that's what's going to happen. But if you, but what will happen is when you begin to create a space, when you begin to move toward that space, your spirit man will start to connect. Your mind will get focused. Okay, now it's time to pray. This is why oftentimes we teach kids, right? What what's the posture of prayer? We're gonna fold our hands. We're gonna pray. Why? Because if you don't fold your hands, your hands are gonna be doing everything. It's not. They're not supposed to be doing. Right? They're gonna be over here messing with somebody. You know, postures, things like that. Those are, these are, we we teach them to kids and then we forget about them as adults and then we lose the benefit. Of creating space to pray. I know this sounds uh, this is practical, right? But you got to be practical. Um, you've probably read the story of Susanna Wesley. Susanna Wesley was the mother of John and Charles Wesley of of Methodist fame. She had how many kids? I think it was like ten or twelve, something like that. Lots of kids, right? And uh, and so any mother of children knows that your life is not your own. Your time is not your own. Uh, you can't even go to the bathroom by yourself, right? Uh, they're at the door. He hit me. You know, it's all this kind of stuff. so, uh, so, but what Susanna Wesley did? Here's how she she was a woman of prayer. Here's how she did it. She would take her apron and she would throw it over her head. That was her prayer closet. That was how she prayed. She just got in. She just got in the place of prayer. And the kids knew not to mess with her. Don't mess with mom while she's there. You know, she probably said something like something godly, like I brought you into this world. I can take you out of it. They're probably happy when mom had that prayer because it's like, oh, somebody was about to die and Jesus just talked her out of it. They want to see mama pray. She comes back a different person, right? You got to find a place and you got to find a time where you can be intimate with God. It's the fuel for your soul. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every Word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You know, a lot of times we just say, well, that's only the Bible. That's not just the Bible. Because God the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible, but he might speak to you just like he spoke to us today through words of knowledge, right? So he might talk to you about something you need to know. He might show you a conversation that you're going to have that day before it happens. Oh, that sounds spooky and weird. No, Jesus said, I only do what I see my father doing, and I only say what I hear my father saying, and he tells me exactly how to say it. Can I just tell you, if you and I were to lean in to Jesus' prayer life, you would find out there was a conversation happening with Jesus and his father that he told, he told Jesus throughout the day what his day was going to be like. Well, first, Jesus, you're going to have this conversation, and then you're going to meet with this person, and then this thing's going to happen. And, and so, so, you know, you don't see Jesus praying publicly a lot. In fact, you you mainly, there's a couple of places. You see it in the high priestly prayer in John 17 and you see Jesus in the upper room and you see him praying at the tomb of Lazarus. But all of those things, most of the time when you see Jesus praying, he's going into into the secret place. But yet he comes out and says, I only say what the father is saying and he tells me exactly how to say it. He got his blueprint for his day from the secret place. What if you just got ready to go to work and you'd already been in the presence and you already knew what the day was going to hold? Maybe not 100%. The Holy Spirit has shown you maybe 75, 80% of the day. Already told you ahead of time what what conversation not to get involved with. Don't you wish you'd known that before? If I'd known this conversation was going to go this way, I just wouldn't have had it. I would have gone the other aisle down in Walmart. You know, I would, have, you know, whatever. But you, you know, you, so you what if the Holy Spirit could talk to you about that? I think He can. I I don't believe this is something that, that is by chance. I believe this is a birthright of a believer. Abba, Father. Abba, father. Do you ever do you ever prep your kids? No. Let me talk to you about your day. I know this is a big day because this is happening and that's happening. You ever prep them a little bit? Just prep them, just talk to them about, okay, when this happens, this is what you need to do. When this happens, this is what you need. You, you prep them. You talk to them about it ahead of time. Can I tell you that, you know, I, I'm an okay dad, but he is a dad. He is a dad. He knows what we need before we need to say That's why Jesus said, don't, don't go on uh, babbling like these pagans because your father already knows what you need. Just let him talk to you about it. Acts 3, uh, uh, last scripture, and then we're going to dive in to what we're going to do with it. Uh, One day, Peter and John were going up uh, to the temple at the time of prayer. The time of prayer. That's what I want you to see in that. At 3 in the afternoon. At the time of prayer. The time of prayer. Do you have a time of prayer in your day? Because if you fail to pray, you plan to fail. This is the deal. We can't do anything until we pray. When we pray, then we then we take on the, the, the nature of the living God. When we pray, we take on the promises of God. We onboard his person, his personality, his ways. We, when we pray, we partake. Of of his divine nature and then what we do we begin to walk through things and circumstances begin to shift because the living God is on the inside of us we answer with wisdom instead of foolishness we answer in the spirit rather than in the flesh you know what I'm saying I mean sometimes sometimes it's what you don't say when you get pushed and where did the restraint come from probably not you probably not me Well, that's the fruit of the Spirit, self-control, right? Self-control. Ooh, yeah, I saw it right there, man. I would have, wow, it would have been bad. But instead, the Holy Spirit said, keep your poise. Don't speak. Stay right there. Stay right there. I got this. You don't have to stand up for yourself. You don't have to defend yourself. I got you. Okay. Okay, I'm good. Four, uh, there are four prayer requests in the New Testament. Let's go through these quickly. Um, the first one that I'm going to mention is workers. Luke chapter 10 Verse 2, he told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. If you're one of our next-level leaders, I just talked to you about this the other week and uh, and told you uh, that that these, five, these four prayer requests, five minutes a day, um, is one of the commitments that we uh, here at Lighthouse, next-level leaders, this is what you need to do because this gets you involved in the mission of Christ. This gets you involved. This gets you on God's agenda, not your agenda. God's agenda is, there. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. How is, how is God gonna get that word out if there are no workers? Every person in this room owes your salvation to a worker. Now, it could have been a mom, it could have been a dad, it could have been a grandfather, uh, it could have been Billy Graham on the television, but whatever the case may be, you owe your salvation to Jesus because he gave it, But in a practical sense, you owe your salvation to the worker who came across your path and said, God's got a good plan for your life, and then went on about their business. You know, it's not about your drinking or smoking. It's what have you done with with the the father's son. That's all you really need to worry about. And they sowed a seed, and they sowed another seed. You know, somebody comes to you and says, Jesus loves you, and there's not anything that you can do about it that's a worker somebody that just sowed a seed sowed a seed sowed a seed and then somewhere along the line and it might have seemed totally disconnected but god somebody god used a worker to sow a seed in your life and over here was a harvest and you believed on Jesus and you thought you got there all by yourself but the whole time it was a setup There were people praying for workers. Those workers emerged, and then they started crossing your path. And every time you turn around, why is this person talking about Jesus? Who's this person talking about God? What is all of that about? It's because Luke 10, 2 works. And Jesus is the Lord of the harvest. And he sends forth workers. He always answers that prayer. What you and I don't realize, though, is that sometimes when we pray for workers, we think we know where they're going. No, he's the Lord of the harvest. He dispatches them as he wants to. So you might be over here praying for workers, and God sends them to Brazil. And they go to Brazil, and, you know, there's a huge revival going on in Brazil right now. You know, one of the things that you're going to learn, that you're going to hear about in the missions uh, conference, we have this problem in America. We think the world revolves around us. So conversely, we think, uh, or you know, along those lines, we, we think that the kingdom of God revolves around us. It actually, absolutely doesn't. You know that the greatest church, the biggest churches in the world right now, uh, one of them's in Nigeria, that it seats 50,000 people and they fill it five times a day you know that there are there are churches you know around the world that are that are just uh, huge, doing a huge work. So the, the power structure of where, where the kingdom, the power brokers in the kingdom today, uh, used to be the the north and the west, and now it's the south and the east. So so things have shifted radically. The work of the Holy Spirit and how God is raising up workers. You could preach the same message in London and close your Bible, and you might have three people get born again. You take the same message, and you go to Brazil, you go to Argentina, you go to somewhere in Africa, you open your Bible, same sermon, preach it, and 55 people get saved. What's the difference? Atmosphere, hunger, prayer life. People are hungry for the Word of God. And so they line up for it. They wait long hours for it. They spend a lot of time waiting to hear the word of God. In America, in Europe, eh, we've had that for thousands of years. We're bored with it. And so workers, praying to send forth workers. Secondly, doors, Colossians 4.3. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. you got to pray for doors. This is God's business. I talk to business owners about uh, about their business to help them understand how things work. A lot of business owners start out as a worker, and then, you know, they, they get good at, a, at work, and then they say, well, this is this is more work than I can do. This. And then they got to hire somebody. But a lot of times what they don't do is they don't set the business in order what are the systems that are needed and so you got to have workers but you got to have doors you got to have an outlet you got to have uh you got to have a market right and uh and so where's the market hot in the kingdom this is god's business we're talking about you got to have workers and you got to have doors if you have no doors then you just pray until you have doors but when you have doors, then you've got to be able to run through them. You've got to have the workers that can get through that door. Right now in Cambodia, if we took teams every week, every week, we just said, okay, team number one, you're going on this date, and we want you to fly to Cambodia. You can take the Bible. Actually, it's a, it's a translation of the Bible called My Precious Book. And you could take it into the public school, and they will give you time. And you'll get in there and you'll open up my precious book and you'll read the Lord's Prayer. you read some uh, scriptures and then you'll say, how many of you want to accept Jesus today? And 90% of the class would raise their hand. In Cambodia, the killing fields completely wiped out the upper echelon of, of the, the nation. And right now, the schools are open to the gospel and they're seeing 1,000 kids a week come to Christ And all we need is workers. We have a wide open door. All we need is work. All we need is boots on the ground, people willing to walk into a classroom with a bunch of beautiful little Cambodian children and share the story of Jesus. And those kids will respond and their lives will be changed. And you will change a nation. Just imagine doors. We just need doors. Number three, we need fruit. We pray for fruit, John 15, 8. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Can I tell you, a lot of times we say, you know, I need to be a disciple, so I take in, take in, take in, take in. But discipleship has two bookends. You are a disciple and you make disciples. You can't be a disciple unless you make disciples. You can't, you can't be a person that says, I'm following Jesus the way he wants me to follow him unless I have fruit of my life. Am I, how often are you opening the Bible and showing somebody that's never looked? How often are you praying with people that have never prayed? This is how you pray. This is how you talk to God. This is what you need to be doing. This is the fruit of our lives, the fruit of our lives available to all of us. It's, it's not just a thing a preacher's do. I, I owe what I do to a, a, a guy named uh rick burnett rick burnett was a 20 something uh uh, graduate of university of tennessee and when he saw that i was born again and i got baptized in his church he took me under his wing he sat down with me hey let me show you about you know anything about the bible i don't know anything about the bible so he began to show me we just sat together he began to show me the scriptures we'd take long walks through the mountains and we just talk about god hey you know let's just pray about that thing that you got coming up he taught me to pray you know, and just the uh, you come alongside. This is bearing fruit for God. Um, lastly, finances—the entire material realm—should do the bidding of King Jesus for kingdom purposes. You know, Jesus says in Matthew seven: "Ask and it will be given to you; seek and you will find; knock and the door will be open to you." For everyone uh, who asks, receives; he who seeks, finds; and to him who knocks the door will be open. Why is that important? Because you need. it takes finances to do the work of the ministry. It takes finances to send those missionaries. It takes finances to keep those missionaries on the ground. It takes finances to go and, and work uh, through an open door that we have the opportunity uh, to open, you know, to, to work with. It takes finances to put the salt and light where it needs to go, right? So lastly this morning, this is just how to create a habit form- formula. On this uh, last part of your notes, now we're going to close in prayer. <clears throat> habits um, habits are those things that you do without thinking. Some of us eat without thinking. Some of us brush our teeth without thinking. Like, sometimes I, I, I actually literally, now that I don't, I don't think it's like uh, early onset anything, I just think that I'm so programmed to brush my teeth in the morning that later on I'm like, did I brush my teeth this morning? Go back and feel the toothbrush to see if it's wet. Oh, yeah. I, okay, I got it. I got it. Unless you've been using my toothbrush. You've been using my toothbrush? Okay. <clears> okay. <throat> So there are things that we do, you know, like the sun is gonna come up and there's gonna be coffee in my cup, you know what I'm saying? Uh, You you can argue me out of whether the sun came up or not by based on whether or not I had my coffee. Um, The the two things connect together, right? So I wanna talk to you how to develop a prayer habit, a prayer habit that will set you up for intimacy. You gotta connect a habit that you already have in place to the habit that you wanna create. The, The habit that you already have to the one that you want to have, are you with me? And so the best way to do that is to create a habit formula. So here's your formula. At whatever time in the morning. Now, I don't know why, but my body wakes me up around 4 or 4.30 in the morning these days. And so at that time, so I would put that in there. Uh, I, uh, you know, after I blank. So probably after I uh, put the coffee in my cup I will pray for workers, doors, fruit, and finances for five minutes each, and then I will listen and write down what the Holy Spirit tells me to do. So uh, create for yourself a habit formula. Make this fit your life. Let me tell you, we can talk about prayer, we can learn about prayer, but you don't really learn about prayer until you pray. If I just took somebody and said, okay, read a book on playing guitar, and I'm going to come back in a week, just read the book, don't pick it up, just read the book and I'm gonna and come back in a week and I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you to play a song for me. How effective do you think that's gonna be? I don't think it's gonna work at all. Knowing about prayer doesn't mean that you know how to pray, doesn't mean that you've entered into prayer. It, you just you you've informed your head, but but the rest of your being has not been involved in it. So I just want to challenge you, create a, create a habit formula. But then here's the last thing, and this is, this is where we're going to close today. This is where we're going to pray. You need the spirit of prayer. This is We're talking about the living God here. You're not approaching a wall. You're not approaching a statue. You're not approaching an idol. You're approaching the living God. And you're approaching the the spirit of sonship, the Holy Spirit. This is is how prayer works. When you accept Jesus, who is the Son of God, he puts the spirit, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of sonship. He puts him on the inside of you. The spirit of sonship, by by whom we cry, Abba, Father. That's intimacy. Intimacy. This is not the God who's afar off. This is not the God who spun the the worlds into motion and stepped back away from it and said, I'll see where it lands. This is the living God who cares for you, who knows you intimately, who knows everything about you. Did not the word of knowledge this morning just underscore that for you? That God knows everything and and he wants to be intimately involved with our lives. The spirit of sonship. So if you really want to learn to pray, you have to know the person of the Holy Spirit. You have to let the Holy Spirit who leads us to pray when we don't know how to pray. Anybody ever get in there and be, a, I'm at a loss for words. I don't, know how to, I don't know what I ought to pray. Well, here's the good news. Romans 8 says the Spirit intercedes for us with words that we cannot even utter you know, with groanings, the Holy Spirit groans within us. Sometimes uh, the, the burden of whatever's going on in life is so hard that, that you just groan on the inside. But that's not just you groaning. The Holy Spirit is there. Holy Spirit is saying, I, you know, let me help you right here. Let me help you because, you know, you don't have the words for what's going on right now. But I got this. I know what the will of God is. I know what the will of the Father is. And I want to help you get where you need to be. But, folks, unless we pray, the kingdom doesn't come. You could have all the money in the world and the kingdom will not come. You could preach. Every one of us could become preachers tomorrow. The kingdom will not come unless we pray. Every preacher knows you're not effective unless you pray. Prayer is what makes everything we do work. And it flows from this place of intimacy. And so we've got to be much in that place of intimacy with God. Would you stand with me this morning? And I'm going to invite... Everybody, as far as we can, just come on down to the altar, and we're gonna ask God for the spirit of prayer. I've been asking God for an open heaven over lighthouse. I've been asking God for prayer partners, a prayer army of 100 strong, that when we begin to pray, they begin to lift their voices and they call on God, and I believe God's gonna use us in ways that we cannot even imagine. I believe that God is gonna break things uh, loose in in our culture and in our world because we pray. Let me tell you, it's the most effective thing on the planet. If there was something more successful than prayer, I would go do it. I would stop what I'm doing, and I would just go do that. But this is how God brings the kingdom. This is how he brings government-changing revival, through prayer. This is how it's done. Not by looking at politics, not by listening to it, not by jabbering about it. You change the world through prayer. And you need to know the one who makes prayer work. So we're going to ask the Holy Spirit, the spirit of prayer to come upon us this morning. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit. uh, We're going to invite Him into our lives to make us more effective in prayer. We want to know Him. We want to know Him. We want to know Him. Would you just come before me right now? Say this with me, Lord Jesus. I thank you. The most precious gift that I've been given As your child is the Holy Spirit, I invite Him now to fill me afresh. He is the spirit of prayer, He is the spirit of sonship. When I don't know how to pray, Holy Spirit knows how to pray. Teach me, Holy Spirit, to connect with you when I pray. You have solutions, you have words. You have attitudes. You have motivations that I need to get a hold of. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming right now. Hallelujah. Let's just wait on him for for a moment. I'm going to pray for you in a moment. But I'm just going to ask you just to begin to move with God. Whatever he wants you to pray, you pray it. If he wants you to worship, worship. If he wants you to uh, make declarations in the spirit, make some declarations. This is what I feel the Holy Spirit wants to do right now. He wants us to get used to his voice. He wants us to get used to responding. Our prayer team prayed for you this morning that God would breathe on you and that he would speak to you and that he would give you boldness and that wherever you went, you would release the kingdom of God through those words. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, I just pray over my brothers and sisters in this room, God. Lord, you brought us together for such a time as this, and I ask you right now to breathe on them, Lord. Breathe on these, Lord God. Breathe on it. Lord, you haven't called us to a religious uh, expression of Christianity. You've called us to a living, breathing experience with our Father. You've called us to the place of intimacy. You've called us to the place, Lord, where you work deeply down on the inside of us. Lord God, and when you speak, it's like fire shut up in our bones. Even as Jeremiah said, I, I can't be quiet because the Spirit of God is stirring a word down on the inside of me. Lord, and many have not had that experience but today Lord today their experience changes today they get to know the spirit of prayer today the spirit of intercession falls on them in Jesus name today Lord God today today world-changing prayer begins to happen in their lives world-changing intercession Government shifting intercession, declarations fall upon them even now in Jesus' name. Lord, activate us in the things of God. Activate us in the things of the kingdom, Lord God. We are tired of going through the motions. We don't want what we had yesterday. We want the new thing that you're bringing. The new thing that you're bringing. The new thing that you're bringing, oh God. We lean into the wind of the Holy Spirit this morning. Lord, breathe on your people, oh God. Breathe a breath of life on your people, oh God in the name of Jesus right now come on church you can't you got to receive from the Lord this morning you got to receive from him you got to receive don't just stand there just receive from him receive from him today receive from him today the thing that he wants to bring to pass in your life you are involved in it you are the valve you are the valve that brings the blessing of God open that valve of your heart up Open, that, open your mouth and let God fill it. Oh, Holy Spirit, come right now in Jesus' name. Come right now, Lord. Spirit of intercession, fall in this room, oh God. Lord, when we see the darkness begin to enter in, we just begin to pray. We just begin to release the kingdom of God. We release the life of God. We release the light of God. We release the glory of God as we pray. Lord, let us shift circumstances, not in the flesh, but in the spirit, oh God. Oh, we welcome you, Lord. We welcome you, Lord. Come on, church, lift your voice. Raise it up. Raise up your voice and call on the Lord. Raise up your voice and call on the Lord. Father, forgive us for moaning and groaning and complaining, God, when we should be interceding, when we should be declaring, when we should be proclaiming, oh, God. We are children of the kingdom. We are children of the King. Lord God, righteousness, peace and joy goes with us wherever we go. We shift circumstances. We hold things back. We hold back evil by our prayers. We are the salt and light wherever we go. Oh, come on, church. Press into God. Press into God. He wants you to know Him. He wants you to walk with Him. Press into God in the God thank you Lord thank you Lord praise you God praise you God praise you God praise you God thank you Lord thank you Lord I don't, I don't want you to be discouraged. But I want you to learn the principles of how this works. God's going to give you a whisper. We would rather have a shout. We would rather have a sign in the heavens. But he starts you with a whisper. But if you understand that he's just helping you to get to hear his voice. Because if you can if you if you can get it in the whisper, you don't need the sign anymore. Cuz you got it in the whisper. But you got to pay attention. The first step in preparation is usually elimination. There's something that is in the way. We're too busy, we're too distracted. There's too much noise. We're about to enter into a fast we're gonna eliminate a lot of things his voice is gonna be very clear but if when he speaks to you in a whisper the best thing you can do is write it down felt like Holy Spirit said this and you just got to be willing to write it down how hard is that because if you don't the devil will talk you out of it Oh, well, you didn't really hear from God That wasn't really the Lord. That was just your mind. That was just something you made up. But a step of faith says, I'm going to write it down. I'm going to pray on it a little bit more. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to give me a scripture that goes along with that. Lord, show me. I'm, I'm seeking. What are you doing? You're seeking. You're seeking for light. You're seeking for the Holy Spirit to speak more. He doesn't hide himself from us, he hides himself for us. My my little eight-month-old granddaughter, you know, I just want to I want to carry her around, but if I carry her around all the time, she doesn't learn to walk, she doesn't learn to crawl. She needs the resistance of pushing herself up off the floor. Right? Sometimes when we're peering into darkness, trying to figure it out, that's we're building our seeking muscles. He doesn't just lay it all out there for us. He said, I want to see, I want to see what you got. Show me what you got. I'll give you this much. Keep seeking. Keep seeking. Keep seeking. Keep seeking. And then the light grows. I get it. Now, now it's this. Now it's that. Connecting that scripture back into it. Father, show us how to follow your voice. Teach us how to listen, how to discern how to clarify and how to move in obedience how to move in obedience to your voice thank you Father for what I sense you're doing right now we're just getting started we're just getting started but I thank you for willing people thank you for the people of God that are here Lord to to press in Lord to, to all that you have for them Father, I thank you for each and every life. Thank you for your blessing on our our lives. Thank you for activating us for intercession, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.